Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, when you use promo code DNVR, you can make a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA game. And if your team wins, you get $150 in free bets. That's with code DNVR and only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. And joining me today, joining uh, me today is uh, going to be. Veteran Richie Schaefer, what's going on, Richie? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Great, great. I uh, I've been watching a lot of your videos lately. They it's interesting how the algorithm works. Certain things pop up on your feed. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. You tell some great stories about you know your time in the in the big leagues, uh, and do a really great job uh, talking about like the approach uh, for for young players and 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 things of that nature. So uh, where where did where did the impetus for for wanting to get into the you know the social media world um following your playing career yeah um it's weird right when you when you play baseball it's not one of these sports that is recreationally played right so if you're a golfer or a basketball player or something you stop playing you can still like you know go play around a golf or go play pick up with your boys go shoot hoops but like when baseball you just stop forever like you just don't you don't do anything baseball related ever again you go from like 20 years of it being your entire existence and then when you're like okay i'm gonna hang up the cleats and you're like wait, I'm just never going to touch a bat or a ball or do anything ever again. So I was like, how do I stay in the game without um, the lifestyle of baseball kind of consuming me, right? Because like coaching or any type of stuff is so all all uh, encompassing. So I was like, all right, the social media world is 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 really picking up. There's a lot of, of cool stuff out there. There's a lot of like interesting stuff out there. So I was like, I feel like there's a voice um, that needs to be out there about the mental side of the game, because I'm just a big believer um, in that my, my, my own career was tapered because of uh, the, the mental side that I'm like, all right, I wish I had some of these tools in place when I was younger, so I could have built them. And so that's like the main thing is basically just uh, trying to help younger players and not even younger players. I mean, I've had a lot of uh, minor league guys reach out to me and talk to me about this stuff too. Um, and just, create a more applicable version of some sports psychology stuff. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a 
psychologist or a doctor or anything like that. It's just uh, applicable stuff for my playing career, stuff that I learned along the way. And uh, how do we make that usable um, and, and functional like you would your cage work or anything else? Yeah, I, I want to talk about your playing career, but you know, bringing that up because you you give away a lot of that stuff, you know, for free, which is mm-hmm. great. But you also have this really cool program, the Six Tool Athlete, which, yeah. you know, a lot of people that whether you play it or not, you know, baseball can be very expensive. Uh, and yeah. now for youth sports, the travel and all that stuff, very expensive. Uh, the Six Tool Athlete is very affordable, and um, and I just I just love how you're helping people build the mindset and confidence because you know, as you point out, like. You know, the physical part gets you so far, but you need sure. that mental edge that you had, you had all the physical stuff. I mean, you're still in great shape now. We're 31 years old. Yeah, I'm 31. I feel great. I mean, I, I always talk about like, I really, the hard part being retired at this age is feeling like you can still physically go do it. Um, that's the toughest part. Cause there's plenty of times where I'm like, man, I should, I should strap it back up and get going again. But you know, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's so much else to it that, you know, it's, it's just not worth it anymore. Um, but I'm just a big believer in that, you know, your, your ceiling is your mental ceiling, right? I mean, uh, no matter what your physical tools will get you a certain point, but if, if for you to maximize your, your physical ability, you're, you are only as good as your mind is. Um, and so I, I really try to make an effort to give away as much as I can with it, but especially for social media, it's such short form content. It's like, how do I, create a systematic program that can give people all the in-depth information they need um, in a way that, you know, is, is like you said, affordable and uh, sustainable and is, doesn't feel exploitative in any way. Like I just truly want to help people, but I also know that like, you know, there is value to this information. And I think that, you know, it, it you know, it, it's something that you should, you, you should want to uh, pay for if it's looking, you know, to, to get your game to the next level. Yeah. It, it's just, you're very genuine too. That's the other piece of it. And, um, and, and maybe self aggrandizing a little bit, you know, of just sort of like, all right, look, here's what I didn't have. Here's what I did have going. Uh, you have again, you know, good clips, uh, from your playing career. Uh, you know, we're, we're a Rockies based show. So of mm-hmm. course it, it jumped out to me two big home runs you hit in your career, Bartolo Colon. So yep. right there, you know, he's, he's, he's a legend, uh, and Ubaldo Jimenez, you know, yep. for, for a while for the Rockies obviously was, uh, was their go-to guy. Yeah. I mean, those, uh, those were awesome experiences. Obviously the Bartolo one, Bartolo is such a beloved, you know, player that when, you know, people hear that I hit a home run off Bartolo, they're like, Oh, what really? Like even the most casual baseball fan has like heard of Bartolo Cologne. And so, uh, they're always like, Oh dude, that's so cool. Whatever. So yeah, those are great. Um, and then obviously I caught Ibaldo kind of the back end of his career when he was with uh, Baltimore. Um, but he was still nasty. I mean, he, I hit the home run off of him my first at bat and then he kind of carved me up the next <laughs> at bats after that. He's like, all right, you're not, you're not have, that's not happening twice, buddy. See you later during your uh, your playing career it was it was a short amount of time so i don't know how many memories you have of playing ball in colorado springs it was one mm-hmm. of the last colorado springs sky Sox, uh, to exist before they were essentially you know wiped off the the affiliated map now they of course exist as the rocky mountain vibes but uh, can you remember anything here's here's something that i sort of noticed throughout your playing career you've like almost never played West of the Mississippi. Was yeah. that like your only time where you were in Colorado Springs? Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I do remember it pretty vividly because it was the first time I played uh, in the West coast at all. All of my affiliates throughout like my entire career were all East coast. Um, I was in the international league for AAA for the vast majority of my career. Uh, the big leagues was all East coast. Even when I was the away teams, I got to like, we flew to Houston and then I got optioned and sent back, you know what I mean? So like, I didn't even get all the way over. Um, so I definitely remember Colorado because it was by far the most West I had been. And it was really funny. The, 
I actually have a pretty funny story from my, my first day in Colorado Springs. Um, I had, I was in the, uh, the spring training complex kind of getting ready. I'd been on the, you know, it was the middle of the season. I hadn't played in about, you know, three, four weeks, whatever they wanted me to get a few reps in before I reported to Colorado Springs. And so I flew in kind of late at night and I just couldn't find, it was like, it happened immediately. So I didn't have time to like find a place to stay or whatever. And so I'm like, you know what? I got in super late. I'm just going to crash like at the stadium. So I was like, I'll just try to sleep at the stadium, like whatever, I'll, I'll figure it out. And so I'm trying to sleep on like the, the training table it's like three in the morning. I'm like, this is miserable. I can't do this. Like I'm, it's so uncomfortable. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go check into a hotel at like maybe four in the morning. I get an Uber. I leave the stadium. I go check into a hotel. If of course, like the only hotels around was like crazy expensive. So I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. Let's get an Airbnb. Again, Airbnb the next day when I get to the Airbnb, um, I, you know, a normal day, whatever. But I, when I, when I wake up the next morning, I hear this like weird noise. I'm like, what is going on? What is that noise? It's like this. I'm like, what is going on? I look outside. My Airbnb has like a 500 pound hog as a pet. And it is like snorting and growling right outside my window. And I was like, where am I right now? What is going on? Um, so it was just a, it was a funny introduction to Colorado Springs, but I loved it there. I thought it was great. Um, the elevation is obviously really difficult to deal with when you, when you're not used to it. But, um, I loved it. The ball flies there, obviously. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was cool. It was, was that like very, very noticeable, obviously like just, just taking BP. Um, although they don't typically take BP on, on the field. I, I think quite as much. They got like the, uh, out in, and on the first base side, they have like an indoor batting cage, but I don't know. Did, did you notice? Can you, could you like definitely tell like, Oh yeah, this ball's moving. Oh yeah. I mean, so it was, it was actually two polar situations. It was either if the wind was blowing in, it was like, good luck you couldn't like if you would hit the ball and it would like go really high in the air then it would just hang there it would never come down and the wind would blow it back or the other way around the wind was blowing out and you could just like sneeze on balls and hit them 500 feet it was crazy i mean it was it was the 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 drastic nature of both sides of those was was insane there were like no normal hit balls at that stadium at all were you a little surprised and maybe disappointed that it didn't have like a mountain facing view. Like you don't see it. You just see a development out in, in center field. And you're like, Oh man, what a missed opportunity. Yeah. Right. Here. Yeah. You have such beautiful like mountain ranges and stuff. There would be nice to have that in the background. Um, because anytime you have something kind of like back there behind the fence, it's always really cool to see. Um, so yeah, I've really missed opportunity right there. What are we doing? Yeah. Um, you're talking before about, you know, with your, with your playing career, uh, you're playing up until 2019. I, I was curious how much like, the pandemic is, I mean, the pandemic, everyone's got like their different stories in life and, and as well as in your, your the playing career. Was that for you like a moment of like, you know what, this might be a sign. I was maybe on the fence a little bit. It maybe it's, maybe this is a, a sign telling me. So no, I actually had made the decision probably with like a month left of my 2019 season. I was in indie ball trying to make my way back. I was having a good season, you know, I mean like indie ball seasons are shorter, and I think I played maybe a hundred games. I had like 27 home runs. I was like doing, I was playing to my like skill set, right? I was doing what I was doing. I'm kind of a low average, high home run on high on base kind of guy. I was doing everything I needed to do. Just wasn't getting a ton of interest. And I'm like, you know what? I can chase this thing forever. Um, and I'm just not hundred percent confident that I am going to 
get another opportunity to get back to the big leagues. Um, and I just kind of wanted more control over my life. As much as I loved baseball, baseball does give you the ability to kind of just hang on forever and ever and ever. So at the end of 19, I was like, you know what, this will be it. Um, my last month, I'm just going to go play for the love of the game for one more month, enjoy. And then at the end of the season, I'll hang it up. And then when 2020 rolled around the pandemic hit, basically all the minor league guys got wiped out. So, I mean, I kind of looked at it as like, all right, you know what? Like maybe I made the right decision here. You know, this was, I, I wouldn't have been playing anyway. I've been training all off season, getting excited to try to get back to affiliated ball just to get wiped out. That would have been a huge bummer. So instead I hung it up and went back and finished my undergrad degree at Clemson and then started my crazy uh, trail of getting to this point right here over the past like two years or so, three years. Yeah. Doing a little bit of everything. I think if oh, everything. Twitch, yeah. Twitch, right? I was for so yeah. So during the pandemic, when there wasn't a whole lot going on, I I uh, I started doing that, um, and that was really fun. I learned a ton. It's actually been super helpful for all my baseball social media stuff because all the equipment, all the software, all the editing, and all that kind of stuff is like super applicable to all the social media content I'm making. So I learned a lot of that there. Um, I got into like angel investing because of it, because a company approached me and was like, Hey, where's we doing this Twitch stuff? We've got this whole esports company. Um, so that kind of started on my entrepreneur journey. It was a, it was a weird transitional period, but it was a lot of fun. Would you, the, the advice that I would probably you know give to anyone, because I had a, uh, a weird route to get into this position myself, but it, it almost sounds similar in, in your story is just do it. Just yeah. go out, kind of do the thing and figure it out because uh, it's almost like maybe not having a safety net in, in a sense. I mean, again, you want to, you want to be smart about it, but still at the same time, sometimes you just got to do it to figure out, you know, uh, how to be successful at a thing and just put yourself out there. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think having like, uh, 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 an inkling for action is always something that's really important to just go do like I, and I, I say that to myself more than anyone else. Like I am someone who really likes to be prepared. I like to have, you know, all my eyes dotted and my T's crossed and like, okay, everything's gotta be perfect. But you know, the more I've learned and the more that I've done stuff, it's like, all right, at some point you just got to hop in and go do it. And then doors will start opening. Avenues will start kind of revealing themselves. And then you start to figure out, you know, where my strengths are, where my weaknesses are, what I like, what I don't like. And then all of a sudden other opportunities start popping up that wouldn't have been there had you not done it. So I agree hundred percent. It's just kind of dive in. If you have something that you're on the fence about, just, just start. Like things don't have to be perfect. Um, just hop in and see what the heck happens. Is, was that the uh, the impetus? So again, talking about you doing a little bit of everything, you also wrote a book, yeah, of Earth, a novel. Like, where did that come from? Is has that just been something you know you've long wanted to do? Is is you know you know be an author? So I've always been like an extremely creative person. Like creativity has been a huge outlet of mine, and 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 one of the weaknesses that I have had is from a business standpoint. It's like, all right, how do we take the creativity side and how do we create? You know monetize businesses out of it. The creativity is a strength of mine and the uh, the operations side was was a weaker side of me. So it's like, all right, I have this idea for a story and it actually kind of stemmed from some of the mental stuff that I talk about where I was working with a mental coach um, during, while I was playing. And I was just kind of right in the middle of my like peak time, like 15, 16, 17 in those years where I was um, yeah, a really big prospect. I was in the big leagues. I was back and forth, a bunch of stuff. And I was going through a ton of pressure. I was like putting a ton of pressure on myself. Anxiety was through the roof. Stress was through the roof. I was like in a really bad place mentally. And he was like, Hey, you need to separate yourself from baseball. You need to find something that you can empty your energy and your focus into after the game. That's not baseball. Cause I would just go home and obsess over my swing and obsess over my results. And it was just toxic and it would really, really drag me down. So I started journaling. Um, I tried to 
few other things and things didn't stick, but then I tried journaling for a little bit. I really liked that. I was like, this is kind of cool. But then you can only write about your feelings so much until you're just like, all right, this is kind of, I'm getting sick of this. Let's try something else. So I had this idea for a story and I'm like, you know what? I'm just after every game, I'm just going to write a page or two just as a, a therapeutic release, whatever. So I did that for basically the entire 2017 season, um, just as a means of keeping my mind off of baseball when I was done. And then I looked up at the end of the season, I'd like, 400 page book written and it was obviously had you know a lot of rough spots because i didn't plan anything i was just writing um and then over the course of uh you know a year or two i was chipping away at it here or there but i was still playing and then when i stopped in 2020 and then the pandemic and everything shut down i was like all right this is my one opportunity where the world is like stopped moving like i have an excuse to just sit down and finish this and you know not have to focus on anything else and so it was a big priority for me it was like let's actually figure out how to do this, how to publish it, how to get it out there in the world and make it a real story. And so it's awesome. We've sold probably maybe 2,500 copies up into this point, which has been awesome. It's got, you know, pretty, pretty good reception. And a lot of those are friends and family and stuff, but it escaped the friends and family circle for a little bit and, and, and got some cool feedback. So I really loved it. Um, I obviously have a ton of other stories and stuff I want to tell. And now it's just figuring out how do I manage the time of that? Cause it was an astronomical undertaking, like the hardest thing I've ever done. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah, that, no, that's, that's incredibly impressive. I think it's science fiction, I think. Yes, right? it's sci-fi. Yep. yep. So yeah, so then the, big aliens oh, guy. That's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Cause then the logical question is like, okay, can this get optioned into a movie or a series? Do you write a sequel? Do you do something different? Is it in the same world? I right. mean, have you started uh, on, on that next project or are you still just in that process of, I want to get all my ducks in a row and really think this out before I really start putting pen to paper so i knew like i i as i was doing it i understood how impossible this was and so i'm like all right i don't want to make something that the story needs to continue because i'm not sure i can pull this off again like i don't know if i'll have the time the energy and the resources to like pull this off again so i made it a standalone story um but uh, i have like a million other ideas um one one i'll tell you one other i one idea that i want to write it's actually a baseball related. Uh, so it's less sci-fi, but uh, my dad was in the FBI for about 20 years and he worked when in, early in his career in Kentucky, he worked um, a lot of undercover work and like these biker gangs and stuff that did, um, you know, drug trafficking and all kind of stuff that, you know, the, the gangs do in Kentucky. And I, I thought it was, I thought it'd be a really cool idea because I played two years in Montgomery, Alabama. And there's this like kind of this strip of, of from Kentucky through Tennessee to Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, where these, these, these biker gangs kind of roam through. And I played two years in Montgomery and I was like, how cool would it be to make like an Ozarks meets like bull Durham situation where like the, I, I tell some like biographical truths of my dad's undercover work, some biographical truths of my time in minor league baseball, but somehow combine them where like I somehow have to get involved because of my dad's undercover. I don't know. So that was like the, the nugget of an idea where it's like, how do we how do we combine, combine like Ozark with uh, Bull Durham and make it like a, a, a baseball thriller type situation? So that was uh, I'm still working on that one. But yeah, that's brilliant. No, I, yeah. I like that. That's that's great. It. Um, there, there was, there was one little passage, uh, in a book, I think it's just called the continental league, okay. uh, which in the, in the 1960s, basically they were trying to form like a, a different, you know, version of, of major league baseball and, uh, and different cities around the country, Denver, Buffalo, 
Tampa. I think it was basically a lot of places that ended up becoming expansion cities in the 60s and whatnot. Um, and there was just a passage that was in there having saying something about a guy who uh, participated in bank robberies at all these different affiliates <laughs> that he had gone to. And I'm like, that's that's something. There you like, go. That's perfect. That's, that's what we need. We need we need the best stories are based off of true stories. Um, so if you can find some kind of little nugget of truth like that, and then let it spiral out of control. Um, those are always the ones that are, uh, that are the coolest. So, yeah. Well, well if I, if I follow your lead and I write that book, the character's name will be Richie Schaefer. So perfect. Uh, that will be a nice homage. Richie, let, uh, let everybody know on all the different platforms where they can, uh, find you at. And I, and I recommend that they definitely search you out and find your stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm on social media across, uh, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. It's Richie.Schaefer. Uh, YouTube, it's Richie Schaefer. And then Instagram, it's like Richie Schaefer underscore. So some combination of Richie Schaefer across all social media on Twitter as well. It's uh, rschaefer eight. Um, so if you have any interest in, uh, hearing more about in-depth stuff about the mental side of baseball, I tell a lot of like, just MLB stories as well. I just told one recently about my rookie year where I got lost in New York city. And so I'm going to do some like general baseball, funny humor, baseball content as well. Um, and then if you're a younger player, listen to this, or you're a parent who has a younger player, uh, probably the high school, the college age, um, six toolathlete.com, the number six toolathlete.com. It is a mental training course for hitters, teaches you all about confidence approach, um, how to deal with adversity and basically all the mental skills that hitters need to maximize their potential. Um, yeah. So that's basically what I got. That's good stuff, Richie. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. No, thank you. This has been awesome. I appreciate it. Head on down to the corner of Colfax in New York to the DNVR bar, especially since soccer season is continuing, especially after Team USA's big one nothing victory against Iran. They're going to the knockout stages. Next game, I believe, is going to be Saturday against Netherlands. Whoa. Regardless uh, of, of the result, you know that it's going to be popping off down on the corner of Colfax in New York naturally. If you are a diehard, we, and if you're not, you need to sign up at the DNVR com where your annual membership is going to get you a free shirt each and every year. Also, if you're a diehard, you get access to the diehards only discord where uh, we answer all kinds of different questions behind the scenes that we might not be able to talk about on Twitter or uh, here on the podcast. We also have some uh, new groups that get uh, popping up all the time. There's people that are into tennis. You can meet those people. You can meet uh, the other folks that are in our community that are involved in that lacrosse we've got a new one uh, for for discord and lacrosse for folks that are into that so that's a lot of fun but the big deals are of course 15 percent off your tab when you're down at the dnvr bar 20 percent off all the merchandise that we got at dnvrlocker.com and you also get 20 percent off any of the tailgates that we have going on broncos have one coming up here very soon uh which you know again what happens inside the stadium is not going to be anywhere close to as much fun as uh, that's going to be going on outside of the stadium at our tailgates. We've got party bus going down for uh, avalanche nuggets, uh, you name it, head over to dnvrlocker.com to find out more information about all these different parties and tailgates that we got going on. You know, if you are at the DNVR bar, we're serving you Breckenridge brew. That's right. Breck brew is what is on tap and sure it is still Mile high country season. Broncos country pale ale, of course, uh, is the way to go. Show off that colorful Colorado legacy with the Orange Crush logo and 100% Colorado ingredients. This is your go-to for the entirety of football season. Whether you want it to be over or not, Breck Brew is going to hook you up. 
Uh, if you're not sure where you can get it, like Susie, she was able to figure it out the other day where she's at in North Carolina. It was nearby. All she went, had to do was go to www.breckbrew.com, and that's how she found the local Breck Brew near her. The NBA season is heating up, and there are so many unknowns. We've been talking about it ever so briefly. LeBron coming back uh, from the injury. You know, uh, how are the Nuggets going to fare as they really target that Christmas Day matchup against the Sun? The Suns, uh, look, if you want to get in on the action, you got to do what I do, and, and that's tap into DraftKings Sportsbook. It's the official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 for the pregame money line on any NBA team to win, and if they do, boom, $150 in free bets. They also got the stepped-up same-game parlays. That's what I like to tap into. Uh, basically, you add more legs onto your bet, which allows you to boost your winnings. You get bigger bigger payouts, bigger shot to win. Uh, all throughout the entire season. Uh, and, and even if that's not even NBA games, you can do that for just about anything, the same game parlays. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And with co- promo code DNVR, you can place a pregame money line bet of just $5 and earn $150 in free bets if your team wins on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, in the Colorado Rockies world, they, uh, they've they started a little bit early on their transactions ahead of the winter meetings next week. Nothing major, uh, but it is Matt Cook, uh, minor league signing for the Rockies. Uh, he pitched a little bit last year with Seattle, fared well, had really solid numbers, in fact, in AAA down in the Pacific Coast League. Uh, his ERA was a little over three, and in that league, that's impressive. Now, he Pitched most of his games in Tacoma there for uh, for the Mariners, and that favors pitchers a little bit more than the rest of the ballparks in that league, uh, where rather it's not as damaging to a, to a pitcher like uh, like it is in Albuquerque, um, as we know. So uh, nice little pickup for uh, for the Rockies for a guy who you know does have some some big league experience. You know, uh, he's 32 years old, he's from Iowa. Um, you know, nice. <laughs> Not much more to say than that. Look, the real deals are going to be coming next week during the winter meetings, free agency, trades. I think I think all of the world is pretty much just waiting for Aaron Judge to maybe make his decision. I think some of the starting pitchers, too, once they come off the board, that will really help define the market uh, all throughout uh, Major League Baseball. So that will be... Uh, That'll be really helpful to kind of get things moving along. So the market is set. All right, if this is the top of the market, this is how much Aaron Judge makes or or Verlander or DeGrom or Carlos Rodon, then immediately everybody after that can start to uh, to fall in line. And that's where I think we'll we'll see the Rockies kind of fall in. I don't know if if they're going to make that big move. You know, Brandon Nimmo is that guy that they've obviously been linked to and that they're very interested in, but so many other teams are very interested in him as well. There are only so many premium left-handed hitting bats for the outfield. And Nimmo is by far the best. Cody Bellinger is nice for one year. Kevin Kiermeyer is not going to provide a lot uh, as far as the bat is concerned. Um, and if he does, you know, it, it's going to be average defense is where he's at, but it's going to be average and it's only going to be for a couple years um, you certainly can take care of your situation, you know, a little bit more so uh, if you do go that route um, with with a Brandon Nimmo. I have a quick question on this. So, 
if you get Brandon Nimmo, Cody Bellinger, and a rotation pitcher, how far can this Rockies team actually go? Um, I mean, that that's a that's a big ask, right? If if we're if we're just making if we're just making oh, this things is, up, this is like <laughs> me in fantasy land. I'm playing like yeah. I'm thinking the Rockies have billions of dollars and they're gonna spend all of it. Well, yeah, actually, I, I think that would that would be a, a major help. Like if, if you're if you're plugging in two premium bats like that um, in, in, into your outfield, and um, we know the Rockies kind of have they have well, they don't really have depth in their outfield. <laughs> They've got some guys they maybe you can bodies. hope and dream. They've got some bodies, yes. Um, but if you're upgrading immediately with with uh, Brandon Nimmo, he's going to be your leadoff hitter. Cody Bellinger, he might be further down in the lineup. That's going to provide some protection for for Crone and, and Brendan Rogers. And if you get to the front of the line starter, uh, yeah, actually Nimmo, Cody Bellinger and okay. Jacob deGrom. Uh, yes. I think this team would then be a contender, probably not to win the NOS just yet. Uh, but he would, uh, they would probably, uh, have a shot at, at maybe making the wild card. Yes. So Brandon Nimmo would take the lead off spot over Charlie Blackman. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. He, uh, he, Charlie's days as a leadoff hitter have kind of been over. I know they used him a decent amount last year. I think that was just because they didn't really have anybody else. It's kind of a weird spot too, where you know, I, the the role of a leadoff hitter is a lot different than it's than it's been in the past. Where you know, you wanted a, a guy who was fast to get on base and steal bases. Well, stolen bases are are definitely out of vogue uh, in in baseball. They may come back a little bit with the larger bases uh, and with the pitchers not being able to throw over you know, more than, more than twice. So I, I think that can change, but ultimately you just need a guy to get on base. I mean, look at the Philadelphia Phillies. L- look at the, the stout man, the powder keg. That was <laughs> Kyle Schwarber. He was their leadoff hitter. So you don't necessarily, you know, need, need a, a guy Mickey who looks Anderson. like a Garrett Hampton. Yeah. yeah. You, you just have to have a guy who gets on base. And so Rockies don't really have that guy. Uh, Ryan McMahon gets on base at a good clip, but I, I think um, he's, he's better serving the team uh, as, as more of a, a guy who's going to drive in runs towards the middle of the lineup and at the top. You heard it here, here first. Oh, uh, they'll get Brandon Nemo, Cody Bellinger, and Jacob DeGrom, and we're going all the way, baby. That's it. Okay, they, there you have it. That's that's some that's some good news here uh, that we got. But of course, next week at the winter meetings, uh, we'll find out about that. I might have to ask. I've got a couple questions already that I, I got to get into. Uh, uh, our good uh, friend, Mister General Manager Bill Schmidt, and uh, and figure out. All right. We've heard some rumors. Now, I'm not going to tell them who, who the rumors were started by or who it was the source, uh, but uh, we'll kind of wait and see what happens. Look, you could sign Cody Bellinger for just one year at $18 million and still get another you know, big name, if you will. We just know no pitchers. No pitchers are, are going to be uh, amongst those big names. It's going to have to be like a Brandon Nimmo. So Nimmo and Bellinger actually – uh, is is not impossible. Uh, it's not impossible in, in the least. So um, we'll wait and see what happens uh, next week for that at the winter meetings. The thing that I, really intrigues me is could the Rockies really make uh, a move at, in the Rule 5 draft? Uh, the draft will be on Wednesday, December 7th. And there's a couple of interesting names out there, I think, uh, that could fill a void for the Rockies as we've talked about this offseason. There's like maybe five reliable relievers that you have right now on the 40 man roster that, you know, have big league experience and, and have proven themselves, you know, quite effective. And, you know, again, pitchers do not want to come to Colorado unless maybe they're out of options. 
so the Rule 5 draft could be one of those places. Uh, I think they're sitting at 39 guys right now on the 40-man roster. So uh, if not, and they want to make more than one move for a player on the 40-man roster, or rather to make more than one move for the Rule 5 draft, um, they, they would have to move a, another player, bottom line. But um, it, it will be interesting because the Rockies don't typically get active in the Rule 5 draft. Really, Jordan Sheffield from uh, 2021 uh, was was their last guy, and uh, Tommy Canley. I mean, that's it. Um, those those have been uh, really the only two guys that they've ever you know made a move for. They they don't even like draft a player and then see if it works out, and if it doesn't, offer him back to his previous team. Um, it it just doesn't uh, happen that way. They they'll they'll draft a player and then trade him to another club. Um, as we know, the Mark Canna deal from from several years ago basically a team says hey colorado uh we want this guy and we're afraid he's not going to be available when we make our pick in the rule five draft can you draft him for us and then we'll give you a a bucket of balls those are some things that uh, that that can transpire during the rule five draft and so it'll be interesting to see if this year if they get a little bit more active on that Uh, unfortunately you can't go and actively watch the rule five draft uh, in person or the MLB uh, draft. Actually, you can watch the MLB draft. And I'm not, I'm not sure if you need tickets to that. Uh, they've done it the last two years a couple times. They're trying to make it into a bigger, better event. They've got the draft lottery coming up. Uh, I think that's going to be on Tuesday. Uh, the, the dates are they're all getting jammed together because there's just going to be so much happening in San Diego starting on Sunday. Uh, I will be there in person. Uh, the, the, the entire all-media all city media team is is going to be there. We got uh, Ryan from Chicago, Jesse from Phoenix. Uh, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. But bottom line is, if you do need an event that definitively does have tickets to it, you got to go to Game Time Tickets. It's the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, shows, you name it. Cool thing is, if you wait closer to the start of the event, you can get discounts of up to 60%. So let's say you're in the area and you're just on the fence. I don't know if I want to go, maybe not at this price. Some of the, the folks, or even if they're just you know ticket scalpers themselves, maybe they want to just get rid of their tickets at the last minute. They want to take something. So you know what? They're going to discount those prices and you can tap into those discounts with game time. 15 million folks have downloaded the game time app already and have scored the best seats to all their favorite events. You can actually just hit the link in our description to save on that. So two names that I'm I'm interested in for the Rockies to maybe sniff around and 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 maybe make a move are two left-handed pitchers. Now again, right now you got Brent Suter uh, on one-year deal, right? Uh, not even a deal. He's got one year left of of club control, and we're still waiting to find out about Lucas Gilbreth. Uh, if if he does need Tommy John surgery, if if he's going to be able to uh, to rehab and be back um, for the start of opening day. But right now, you definitively only have Brent Suter as a left-handed arm in the bullpen. So there's two guys. Kansas City has left TJ Sakema uh, available for a selection in the Rule 5 draft. He was the 38th overall pick in 2019. Uh, he was originally uh, with the Yankees. He actually went to Kansas City in the Andrew Benatendi deal last year. He's got a slider that's been rated as above average. And although he's a starter right now and had, you know, okay numbers in a sense uh, uh, if you squint a little bit at double a he could be worth you know just transitioning him over into the bullpen that's that's something that that takes some time to learn 
um, you know, to go from a starter to reliever. There is a transition period in that. Uh, there have been very few like Lucas Gilbreth who've made that transition so quickly and so seamlessly, but it's worth, worth taking a shot on on him. Uh, Eric Miller, another one of those players uh, from Philadelphia, uh, more than more walks per nine than, than you'd like to see at a guy like him, but uh, he's got an above average changeup, which if you know anything about Rockies pitchers like Herman Marquez, uh, a changeup like that uh, is going to be incredibly effective. So uh, that will be, that will be interesting to see if, if they are active. I, I kind of predicted that they would be with, with all their spots that were going to be available on the 40 man roster. Then they added five guys uh, on, on, on that day, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and so that, that list shrunk down quite a, quite a bit, but they've got room for one. I, I think they might, I think they, they might surprise and go against the grain, uh, and make a move. If you also head over to, the- uh, really quick, what, one in 10, how likely have they take a picture, a picture? I mean, I think it would be a pitcher more than anything uh, than, than a position player. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the list of position players are, are kind of just okay. They have enough of those kind of guys that are that are just, you know, okay. They, they've got bodies, yeah. uh, to, to use a word uh, uh, that you like there. Uh, but, yeah, they, they've got bodies that, that, that can hit. So, really, I think it's just they're going to look to go in the pitching route. Um, you can't you can't find a decent starting pitcher uh, in the Rule 5 draft. So, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. Yeah, Th- these are players that – were not added to the 40 man roster. So their team said, we don't even want to keep you around and then maybe promote you later on this year or maybe even next year. And if somebody takes you, you know, Hey, good for you. You're not going to find starting pitching. Really. It's, it's, you know, a bench bat, which the Rockies have plenty of and a relief pitcher. Uh, also with the rule five draft, do you take over their contract? They currently have, or do you have to renegotiate everything? Yeah, so you're you're basically just uh, giving the guy the league minimum. So because this is a player that's uh, hasn't been in the majors yet. Uh, okay. When you're, when you're the Rule Five draft. Actually, that's not always true. Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on, on the guy's name um, because you could Jeff Houston was actually a Rule Five draft pick, whereby he was on a, a minor league deal, but then he was still made available. Yes, ultimately they're not expensive at all. Yeah, it's it's, okay. it's just basically young players that. Um, I haven't got a chance yet in the major leagues. You know, we got to take care of a uh, millionaire's pockets at every corner we can. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they did raise the league minimum um, to uh, $700,000, but it still seems, still seems a little bit light uh, in general, so to speak. So yeah, relief pitching is, is kind of the way uh, at least for the Rockies and, and what their needs are. Cause the other piece is you have to have the player on your roster for the entire season. And if it's, you know, if it's a starting, you, you can't hide a player on on your roster. He's gonna he's gonna be on the twenty six man roster, and he's gonna have to play. Uh, and if he's not good, you, you got to keep rolling him out there. So um, it's it's something that's been around for a while. Uh, Rule five draft. I mean, it even dates back to Roberto Clemente. I mean, he was uh, he was in the Brooklyn Dodgers organization in the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, they, they, the Dodgers tried to to hide Roberto Clemente. So it's been around for a while. Um, but the bottom line is, you know. You get an okay player. You you, you get uh, you know the the twentieth twenty first best player on your roster, but it's it's not a lot that's going to move the needle. As a relief pitcher, it could move the needle a decent bit, especially when you consider that the Rockies have one lefty that they can count on right now. Now uh, over on the dnbr.com, uh, there we have an article that just uh, came up this week that is unlocked. It's free about other players who could actually make an impact on the Rockies this next season players who could 
possibly follow in Ezekiel Tovar's path. Now, Tovar was uh, very much a, a, a top prospect last year in 2021, but at the start of the year, he wasn't. He he was on, you know, Rockies fans, you know, their radar as an interesting guy that, hey, maybe we'll wait and see what happens. But it all came together for him in 2021. He started the year at low A. And by the end of the next season, he was in the majors. That's a big jump. He climbed every rung on the ladder. And that can be rare, absolutely. But it's also something that is very possible for some other players in the Rockies system. Uh, for the Rockies to get some contributions out of them. Uh, first guy on the list is a player on the 40-man roster now, Warming Bernabell, third baseman, uh, who had a, a fantastic showing with Fresno in his first full season. You know, went up to Spokane, uh, you know, was was just as good. Uh, On-base percentage down a little bit from what it had been uh, in the Cal League with the Grizzlies. Looked a little bit overmatched in the Arizona Fall League, but expect him to start at A Hartford. And from there, once you're at Hartford, I mean, all, all bets are off. Uh, we're starting to see Bill Schmidt now uh, promote guys from double-A, skipping right over triple-A, bringing them right up to the show. Um, I like this. I like this kind of you know aggressive attitude towards towards the guys that are in the system. Another one of those players we could possibly see uh, by the end of next season, left-handed pitcher Joe Rock, six foot six, 200 pounds, still needs to put on a little bit of weight. Uh, I spoke with him in spring training. He did talk about... You know, some of that focus that he has in the offseason, putting weight on. Good weight, not just fat. Uh, he does have nutritional goals uh, that he's worked with the team on. Um, you know, he, he started in high A Spokane, so he actually skipped low A Fresno. Uh, but his first, first full season, you know, looked really solid there uh, with Spokane. Got uh, two appearances, two starts with the Hartford Yargo, so he'll probably start there next year. And so, again, he is only one step away from the major leagues. It could be another guy that ends up contributing. We talked about Hunter Goodman being one of those players. We talked about Evan Shaver earlier this week with Susie. Braxton Fulford, I think, again, might be a stretch there uh, since he only played in low A this past year. Uh, catcher did play in the Salt River uh, Rafters uh, of the Arizona Fall League. So the organization definitely thinks highly of him. Um, is more of a defensive first guy, but put up really good numbers in Fresno. So... Uh, I think this one's more of a of a, of a long shot, but uh, I did want to give him a mention in the article because of, again, getting that nod to to handle some of the Rockies pitchers like Blair Calva, who was added to the 40-man roster. So obviously they think very highly of him. We also have left-handed pitcher uh, Mason Green, who uh, I think in the long run is going to stay as a starter. I think he's going to need to have a real good 2023 in order to you know, crack that ceiling and, and, and make the Rockies. Um, you know, if you transition him to a relief pitcher, I think he gets to the majors a lot quicker, but I don't think you need to do that uh, as he was named uh, the best left-handed starter in the California league last year. So there's obviously that potential there. And the thing I love most about his, his resume, the dude at central Missouri division one school, he was 27 and oh, like, that's that's pretty impressive, and somehow he fell to the Rockies in the twelfth round. So, um, you know, if he if he gets himself to Double A, he could make that jump that Noah Davis did, going from Double A to the majors. And then finally, a couple of guys I wanted to give a shout out to because uh, I love their story. Adam McKillican. Now, this is a guy, Canadian-born player. Uh, he was undrafted out of the NAIA school, so real small school there. Uh, was was released pretty quickly. And uh, Rockies picked him up. And in low A this past year, low A and high A, 
Um, he was fantastic. 44 innings pitched uh, with the Grizzlies, 1.64 ERA, looked incredibly solid. And right now he's actually playing down in Australia. So uh, he's one of those guys you just got to keep your eye on because uh, there's some potential that 24-year-old guy like that. So he's Canadian with an Irish name playing in Australia? Yeah, he's he's the total package, I think. Yeah. Talking about international players the other day, that's the guy that the MLB should be promoting everywhere. Yeah, yeah, very well could be. Actually, a question from uh, Ethan uh, in, in our chat here. Again, if you're listening to this as a podcast, you can always join us over on YouTube each and every day at 11 o'clock Monday through Thursday. Susie usually has her show at about 5 o'clock on Fridays. But Ethan asks, do you think skipping AAA will be a trend with how well some guys ha- and, and, and how well have guys done with that? So we haven't really been able to answer the the latter part of your question, Ethan, because um, a lot of the promotions from AA to, to AAA have uh, been so late in the season that uh, we, we haven't really uh, been able to to uh, give a full uh, rating to these guys with this small sample size in general. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is going to continue to be a trend. Guys, more pitchers than anything, skipping over AAA to go to the majors. Because when you go to the Pacific Coast League, I think that, that could mess with a lot of guys in their heads just a little bit. They're big leaguers, and I think you get over it. I think you're able to get past that, undoubtedly. Um, but it, but it, it can affect your confidence, at least in the short term, just a little bit. Um, and so if you can just get a guy up to the majors, get him that experience, taking the flights, traveling around, being in that big league clubhouse with uh, the guys that are going to be their teammates for the next few seasons, uh, you're, you're just going to see a lot more of that. So uh, getting that promotion from AA up to the majors, it's it's happening more and more. The first guy was uh, was Ryan Feltner in 2021, and, and then we just had Gavin Hollowell. We had Noah Davis. And sure, you could say Ezekiel Tovar too, but um, probably would have gotten called up and been in the majors a lot earlier if it wasn't for that groin injury. So uh, great question on that one, Ethan. And then finally, two guys that I think have a long way to go. It's wishful thinking. But hey, if you want to just look at their numbers, maybe, just maybe, they could follow on Ezekiel Tovar's path. That is shortstop Adel Amador and Yankiel Fernandez. I mean, those two guys were at the heart of that Grizzlies team that won the California League. Uh, they were both fantastic. They're only 19 years old, just like Tovar, uh, but I think they they still have a, a ways to go before they are big league ready, and that's okay. Uh, again, they they are part of really this this coming movement of young Rockies players uh, to get them really good. It's um, you know, going back to something that you hear was was putting out there, this idea of like, okay, well, you know, how good would they be if they added some serious, you know, players to to the roster? And and again, if they, if it was two or three of the right ones, maybe just maybe you could say that um, you know the Rockies could be at least in the conversation for the the third and final wild card spot. But I'm I'm sort of of the mind to think that. Uh, we, Rockies almost need to be in a holding period in a sense for right now that they really need to get some of these guys to the major leagues, figure out what they have so that when it does come time for these younger players to be established, big league vets, and you can then go out and say, what do we need now? What do we need in 2025, 2026? And we've got money to spend to do that. But if you spend some of that money now, you don't necessarily know if you sign Brandon Nimmo now Hey, it would be great if you had two center fielders, right? If you had Benny Montgomery and you had Brendan Nimmo there uh, in center field and you put one in right, you put one in center. Okay, that's great. But 
you you might prefer to just have Montgomery in center field and Yankeel Fernandez in right field, and now you've got Brandon Nimmo maybe making twenty some million dollars, and that money could be used spent you know elsewhere on uh, on a second baseman. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds at that point? So uh, it is kind of strange to say that the Rockies should be in a holding pattern. Uh, but that really is because I, I do believe in, in the prospects that are coming up in the system. And if that's going to be your window of contention, the, the Rockies window has not opened up. They, they, the players themselves will have to force that window open in 2023. It's not beyond the, the, the realm of possibilities. It's very unlikely, but they'd have to, they'd really have to jam open that window to make you think that it could happen sooner, like 2024. Until then, maybe sit back just a little bit see how things play out, and then be able to determine what your needs are going forward and make some big moves uh, in free agency and trades. They still should try to make some trades, though, undoubtedly, and improve the roster. But as far as big-name signings and free agents, uh, I think the Rockies may still be a year or two off from that. But again, Chris Bryant last year, Shrug, shrug emoji. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, if you want to join us in, and get in on the conversation, all the fun stuff on Twitter, you can uh, follow us at DNVR underscore Rockies at Patrick D Lions is where I'm at. And I think super producer you hear is at you hear underscore G underscore Vasquez. Did I get that right? I recently changed it. So I think that's right. I don't even know my own Twitter handle, if I'm honest <laughs> All right, well, that's okay. You got you got to get into the comments then, so people can see your business and they can follow you as well. This has been wonderful. It's been momentous, but unfortunately, you know what they say about momentum: it's only as good as your next show. So we'll talk to you tomorrow at eleven a.m.